Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. So I'm just going to start this morning by telling you a little secret about us preachers. We put a lot of weight in your opinion. We want you to think we're competent and smart and faithful, and whenever we're not at our best, it's actually from you and what you think about us that we derive our sense of worth and significance. Now, please understand, I'm not suggesting this is a good or healthy phenomenon, but, you know, from time to time it does happen. We fall prey to that all-too-human trap of wanting to be complimented and affirmed and respected, and, you know, we look to you, the congregation, to get that need met. Because the truth is, all human beings, we have this need to know our significance. We all want to stand tall and to raise our head in this life, and far too often we spend our life chasing that which we believe can give us the significance that we crave. And it can be absolutely anything. It can be what someone thinks about our sermon. It can be our reputation, a relationship, our achievements, our spouse, our kids, our net worth, how often we are complimented and affirmed by the people around us. But don't you see, we all put emotional weight on something or someone hoping against hope that our chosen something that it will enable us to lift our head high and to feel significant. And you know, for a season, this actually works quite well. It's why we do it. The promotion, the book deal, the new look, the new relationship, the new toy. You know, we get it, and for a season, it it feels pretty good, and we feel pretty good. But what inevitably happens is that the luster wears off, and our hearts, they get weighed down because we intuitively know that God created us for something more significant, something weightier than the cares of this life. Now today is the first Sunday of Advent, and Advent is all about that something weightier. That something, or maybe someone more significant, arriving in our world, not for the first time, but for the second. In other words, Advent is about Jesus Christ coming back, not just with power, but as it said in today's gospel and collect of the day, with power and great glory. 
And so this morning, I want to ask two questions. First, what is glory? What do we mean by that word? And then second, what does it mean to affirm, as we say in the creed every single week, that Jesus will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead? And so let's go ahead and start with this biblical word, glory. And it's a word with two different but related meanings. First, the word glory means weight or heaviness. But second, the word glory also means significance or value. In other words, the word glory, whenever we find it in Scripture, it alludes more than anything to the real presence of God. Because the real God is weighty. The real God is heavy. The real God has significance. And that's why whenever the real God shows up in the Bible, there's often an earthquake. Mount Sinai is the perfect example. The real God shows up and the mountain starts to tremble and shake right? Because the real God is so much heavier, so much weightier than even the tallest mountain. And so, for instance, if I take this pen and I drop it on the ground, it made a little bit of a sound, didn't make much of a sound, but you probably didn't hear that because the ground has a lot more glory. It has a lot more weight than that little pen that I just dropped. But if a meteor falls from outer space, the ground will be crushed because a meteorite has a lot more glory or a lot more weight than the surface of the ground. And so on this first Sunday of Advent, here is the crucial question I think we need to ask. What is the weightiest thing the most glorious thing in our life. In other words, what is it that we rely on in this world to stand up with our heads raised? Is it a real, deep, and personal friendship with Jesus and a knowledge of his love and mercy and grace? Or is it something else, something ephemeral, something that Jesus just calls the worries of this life. Now, a quick warning to those of us who attend church every week or every other week, Advent is not about getting more familiar with God as a concept. But it's ultimately about placing ourselves before Jesus, whatever that means to you, placing yourself before Jesus in all of his glory and being changed. And, you know, I say that as one who actually puts a lot of weight in theological concepts. In fact, uh, in college, it is important for you to know that um, I went through a rebellious phase I didn't have any money, but there was something that I coveted, and so I'm embarrassed to say that I stole my father's credit card information to make a $300 online purchase. What did I buy? I'm glad you asked. 
It wasn't clothes or music or sports memorabilia, but it was a rare first edition 13-volume set that contained all of John Wesley's sermons. So like I said, I had my dark days. I was a troubled youth. But that's when I fell in love with theological concepts. And, you know, as good as that is, the concept of God, the concept of God has one fatal flaw. It has a lot less glory than our ego. You see, the concept of God, it's like the pen. And if we just drop a nice concept of God into our life or into our church, God as a mere concept will leave us unbroken and it will barely make a sound. But in the Bible, right, whenever anyone encounters the living God, the real God, the weighty God, the God of glory, their tiny wants, their little needs, their projects, their life pursuits, they're always rearranged and placed in their proper perspective. In fact, there was a, a, a book that came out in 1972, twice it was made into a movie called The Stepford Wives. In it, the men of Stepford engineer a way to turn their wives into robots. And so women who were once real and able to contradict and relate and challenge their husbands are changed into submissive machines that only exist for a single purpose, and that's to cater to the needs and desires of their husbands. And so here's the problem with only relating to God as a concept. It is a Stepford God. If God to us is nothing more than a concept or an idea or a mental model that we have in our head, it's inevitable that what we're going to do is find the most convenient concept of God that we can then use to meet our personal needs, desires, and preferences. Because a step for God has no glory, that sort of God can't contradict us or challenge us or tell us that we need to repent or rethink our priorities. And that's why the concept of God is light. But the real God is so much weightier, so much more glorious than us and our idols and all of our concepts. And that's why on this first Sunday of Advent, we're reminded that it's not the knowledge of God that transforms us. It is always the experience of God that transforms us. And so whenever we talk on the first Sunday of Advent about Jesus returning in glory, what we're trying to point to is this reality that when Jesus returns, we who rest in his mercy and grace will finally have that complete and total transforming experience, or what Jesus just calls redemption in today's gospel. In other words, the transformation that we experience in this life, although it's very real, it still pales in comparison to what will be experienced when we finally stand before our Lord in all of his glory. 
And, and friends, I do intend for you to hear this as really good news. Because if we listen carefully to today's gospel, there is only one thing Jesus says that will last. There's one thing we can count on. There's one thing that will not pass away. There is only one thing upon which our ultimate significance is found. And that is Jesus' word to us. Heaven and earth will pass away, he says. But my words, they will not pass away. And Jesus' word to us is not that we all need to try harder. It's not that you need to shape up. You know, Jesus does not say, I'm so disappointed. Could you please get your act together finally? Jesus' word is always a word of grace. Come to me, all you who are tired and carrying burdens, and I will give you rest. Fear not, little flock, as he says in Luke chapter 12. It is your Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. Or what does Jesus say in today's gospel? Stand up and raise your heads. And to the extent that we know that we can rely on this word of grace, that this word of grace will not pass away, that it is sure and firm, we will stand confidently before our Lord with our heads lifted high, knowing that God's glory will not be like a meteor that crushes us, nor will it be like the pen that barely makes a sound, but in a way that's almost too mysterious to comprehend, the experience of God's mercy and grace and love will be so heavy, so weighty, so glorious that it will crush our sins and crush our fears and crush our sadness without crushing us. Or as Paul says in today's reading from 1 Thessalonians, on that day our hearts will be strengthened in holiness and we will all stand before God blameless. And so don't let your heart be weighed down with the worries of this life. Remember his death. Proclaim his resurrection. Await his coming in glory. And when the Son of Man does return, be that today or when you die. Straighten up and raise your head because your redemption is drawing near. Amen.